Breaking news from the Middle East today, as Christians in Iran are still meeting up to study the Bible, despite a complete lack of any nearby Panera. Tehran, Iran, on the heels of a startling report regarding the explosive growth of the Christian church in Iran, believers all across the U.S. expressed stunned amazement that Christians in Iran are still meeting up to study the Bible, despite the woeful lack of any nearby Panera anywhere in the country. There aren't even any decent coffee shops there, much less any sign of a Chick-fil-A, said Kinsey Blake, local small group leader at Relevant Elevation Community Church in Charlotte. I mean, where do these people meet? What Beth Moore book are they even studying? Megachurch leaders have also expressed skepticism about the growth of the church since there is no central location. When told that believers are meeting in secret in each other's homes, Skip Leg Day, lead pastor of Relevant Elevation Community, appeared skeptical. We now have 14 satellite campuses and a yearly downtown concert series in Charlotte, he said. I pray that the church leaders of Iran will learn from our example as we continue to lead the way in community engagement for the gospel. Sources have not yet confirmed how many tithing members attend the church in Iran or exactly what they snack on during their Bible studies. It's safe to say that whatever it is, it is probably not nearly as delicious as a spicy Chick-fil-A sandwich or an iced pumpkin spice latte. Please pray for these suffering brothers and sisters in Iran. And that's your fake news for this morning. This is Joel Berry, and you are listening to the Petty Prophet Podcast. So I want to talk today about two worlds. The first world is the one I mentioned in the kind of the satirical opening part of this podcast. And, you know, while I was joking, uh, there's an incredible report that's come out of Iran regarding the Christian church there that I want to talk about. Uh, So this first world, you know, think about it, Iran, covered in darkness and evil and oppression, yet where the power of God is still working and is undeniable. Now let's travel back over the Atlantic to our side of the pond here and look at our world, the one built on Western values which are based on a Judeo-Christian ethic, a world where goodness, ethics, freedom, the golden rule, all taken for granted. On top of that, we're rich. We're not just the richest people on earth right now. We're, we're the richest people who have ever lived in human history. The Roman emperors and the pharaohs of Egypt could not have dreamed of traveling five minutes down the road and getting the kind of food we can get at a Trader Joe's. And we take it all for granted. We've become like fish who have no awareness or understanding of the water holding us up. And that brings me to the article I, I have on the website now, uh, it's called Atheists Are Like Fish. And <laughs> um, I'll explain what that means in a minute. Um, but, you know, our free and largely virtuous culture allows for the luxury of atheism. And I do think it's a luxury. You know, one thing Christians always hear from atheists, it goes something like this. I don't need to believe in God to be a moral person. Okay, that's fair enough. You know, and Sometimes they phrase it differently. They'll say, they'll call it God the Invisible Sky Daddy or, you know, the Flying Spaghetti Monster. But they're exactly right. 
Anyone can exhibit moral behaviors whether they believe in God or not. In fact, I know atheists who are outwardly more moral than many Christians I know. I know atheists who behave more nobly and generously than I ever have. Atheists are like fish who take pride in their ability to swim while denying the existence of the water that holds them up. Fish don't believe in anything. Their brains have no awareness of the incredible hydrodynamic properties of H2O that makes their flight possible. They just swim, some better than others. Their belief in the existence of water, or lack thereof, has no effect on their ability to glide freely through the ocean to their next meal. So, while an atheist can be good without believing in God, no one can be good without God, whether they believe in him or not. Without an objective standard for morality, there can be no objective good. Morality then just becomes a system of preferences as faulty and varied as each individual person. Richard Dawkins himself said that without God there can be no evil and no good, only blind, pitiless indifference. But we all know that no good person actually lives like that's true. Good people must live as if there was some objective moral law and therefore an objective moral law giver. There's no other way. Like the very real water in the oceans. There's a very real lawgiver and a common grace that gives the atheist his moral conscience. Just as every breath is a gift from God, so is every prompting of the internal moral law he has written on our hearts. We don't invite the atheist into belief so he can be moral. We invite the atheist into belief so he can be fulfilled by the loving, personal author of it all. Perhaps it's no coincidence that Jesus called us fishers of men. So here I am going fishing. Atheists, all three of you who are listening, (laughs) this is my attempt at proselytization. Feel free to write in your counterpoints. So now let's go back across the ocean to Iran, to our Christian brothers and sisters there. They don't have the luxury of taking human decency and ethics for granted. They've been living under a corrupt, oppressive, theocratic government for years. Their lives are hell. They experience the depths of human evil and depravity on a daily basis. You would think of all people, these people who have been living under religious theocracy for decades, would be the most steadfast atheists. They are leaving Islam in droves, but they aren't converting to atheism. They're converting to follow Jesus Christ, a Jewish rabbi who claimed to be God in the flesh and who sacrificed himself for the sins of mankind. They're converting to follow Jesus, knowing it will cost them their jobs, their freedom, and possibly their lives. They're converting in greater and greater numbers, numbers that would make an American megachurch envious. That's power I can't deny. This report that I referenced in the opening monologue and I'm talking about now came from a group called Frontier Alliance International, which has been meeting in secret with church leaders from Iran. Um, and they put out this report and a really fascinating documentary as well. I, I recommend you check it out. I'll add the link to the show notes. It's a YouTube video, so it's really easy to access. Um, so do go check it out. Uh, it's about a two hour movie, so make sure you have some time. Um, but I, I would recommend it. Uh, here's a little snippet for you. If some of the voices sound weird, it's because they've been, uh, distorted to protect the identity of the people. 
Uh, it's called Sheep Among Wolves, Volume 2. And I haven't seen the whole thing, so um, I'll have to come back in a later episode with my full recommendation. Um, but I have watched part of it, and uh, here's a little snippet for you. Today, Iran is home to the fastest-growing church in the world. It's almost entirely Muslim background. They have no denominational leanings or affiliation. They have no governmental recognition or legitimacy. They have no bank accounts. They have no 501c3s. They have no centralized leadership. They have no Bible schools or seminaries. They own no properties or church buildings, and they possess no assets. On top of that, while being Muslim background, they are, by and large, aggressively and passionately pro-Israel. That is, they love the Jewish people. And on top of that, it's predominantly led by women. What if I told you that Islam is dead? What if I told you that the mosques are empty inside of Iran? Iran that is known as the most radical nation in the world, exporting terrorism, exporting radical Islam. But when you go inside of the country, the mosques are empty. What if I told you that no one follows Islam inside of Iran? Would you believe me? But this is exactly what's happening inside of Iran. God is moving powerfully inside of Iran. The, the ruling class are the religious class, and many of them are religious because that's where the high-paying jobs are. But the majority of the people are just normal, ordinary people. They love God, but they realize, they recognize that Islam is the problem. Really, really interesting, really compelling stuff. Again, uh, that video was put out by a group called Frontier Alliance International. Frontier Alliance International, the website is faimission.org. Um, and again, I'll link to them on the website and on the show notes here if you want to check them out, check out that video. Now, as is tradition on this podcast, now that we are two podcasts in, can I call it a tradition? Yeah, I'm going to call it a tradition, a random thing that I am thankful for, okay? Today, I am thankful for the internet, yeah, that horrible place where we all go to yell and scream at each other and dox each other and waste our time with just garbage and depressing news from all around the world. That internet, yeah. I think kind of like the fish in my illustration from before, uh, it's become such a part of our lives that we take it for granted and don't really think about it very much. But without the internet, you know, I wouldn't know how to fix the plumbing under my sink. Um, I wouldn't know how to build a wall in my basement. I wouldn't know how to set up and edit this podcast. I've learned everything about all this stuff from the internet. Um, I, I guess podcasts wouldn't even exist without the internet too, so there's that. <laughs> um, but, you know, in spite of all the, just the, the downsides and the bad things that have come with the internet, it's such a, a miracle it's allowed us to communicate with each other so much more effectively. Um, so Christian, those of you who are listening, don't squander it. Don't let it control you. God has called us to be salt and light in this world. Well, the internet's a part of our world now. Social media. Go be salt and light on social media this week. So that's it. I'm thankful for the internet, and I hope you are too. And I hope this podcast was a little bit of salt and light in your day, and I thank you for listening. 
God bless. This has been the Petty Prophet Podcast, and I will see you tomorrow.